What's good, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Happy generic time of day to you and you and you. I appreciate you tuning in today. Um, please be a friend and tell a friend that you heard it on the Bystander. Today, I have returning Aaron Phillips, another great campaign manager. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Tim. Looking forward to November 7th. That's when we vote, kids. And we have Melissa Timmy, who is running for Parks Commission. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Good. Thank you for having me. I guess it's afternoon. Oh, it is. Well, they don't know that. No. It's it's a generic time of day, right? Generic time of day. And we're in a black room. Yes. The gloom tomb, I like to call it. Studio 15, right here on beautiful Bainbridge Island. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. When did you move to the island? I moved to the island about nine and a half years ago. Um, was over in Seattle and do you want to know why or sure. how tell, I got here? Tell me, tell me the boat you rode <laughs> in on. I'm sure it was, uh, the ferry, which one? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, no, we moved over here because I have three kids and they were all tiny at that point and, um, was living in a townhouse that was like three stories and going crazy with three small children in a small townhouse. Um, so basically moved over here because the schools are good. They and are there's lots of green space. And, you know, you can tell the kids to go outside and play, and they can, which you can't do in Seattle. Um, and I wanted that for my kids. I think that's very similar to a lot of people. I know that I came in under different circumstances um, to take care of my father, when he retired in Paulsbo, and I want to be close to Seattle, where I um, pretty much grew up and lived for a long, long time. What part of the island do you live on? Uh, like the Manitou Beach, Rolling Bay area. Nice. On the corner from Bay Hainfeed. Shout out to Via Rosa over there as well. Yes. Saw them in another publication as one of the best pizzas in Washington State. Wow. I believe it. It's good stuff. It like is it. so good. Um. When running for park commissioner, what gave you the first idea? What was the first thing that said, hey, I really want to do this? Um, so somebody approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to do it. And uh, I hadn't really thought of going into any sort of elected position before then. But in in her question, I was like, okay, well, why would I be – a good, you know, candidate for this position. Do I want to do this position? Because everybody, <laughs> not everybody, but a lot of people, they're like, why would you want to do this? Why are you going to put yourself through this? Um, you know, because it is basically a six years of volunteer work. Um, and I do have a history of doing volunteer work. Uh, I've been on boards, preschool boards. Um, and I guess that's kind of what drives me is kids and trying to make the world a better place, the community a better place for my kids. How do you go about being an advocate for children on the island in the parks? Well, I mean, I think because I have children of this age and I am in, I'm heavily immersed in the community of families, um, my business brings me into con- a lot of contact with, with families. and That's family photography? Yeah. Very cool. So, um if I have any name recognition on this island at all, it's probably from that. 
Um, and so I, can we go back to what the question was? <laughs> I kind of well, went that way. That's all right. It's, it can be nerve wracking coming in here and being one-on-one with somebody you don't know. Uh, advocacy for children and how you would fill that role. You were saying that so, you know, you're immersed in yeah, child so, activities at the moment. Right, right. So, um, so just have, being in, basically having, the pul- having my finger on the pulse of what that you know, particular demographic is and what they need and what they want and, and being parts of these groups you know, with the different sports and the different activities, I'm able to, and I talk to people constantly, and I seem to be a person that people come to, um, to, to, like, they're like, oh, this is going on. How do we make this better? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I end up being that person. Maybe I'm a good listener. Um, I, well, yeah, I do think I'm a good listener. So I'm able to, I'm able to basically see and hear what an issue is and then, you know, find who needs to be talked to and, and basically being the middleman for, for making change. And, and not to say that everything needs to change because I think the parks is doing a really good job. Um, and they have been, and I think that that shows in our community. Um, but currently, um, there is nobody of our demo, my demographic on the board. Um, so yeah, I think Don Jano has kids or a daughter high school age, perhaps, but that's, yeah, I don't know very much about what's going on in the parks department. Um, Aaron, you ran successful campaigns for Tara Simmons, running a successful campaign for Ashley Matthews. What made you decide to hook up with Melissa, and how did you guys meet? Well, for, first and foremost, she's one of my best friends. Uh, we actually met on the pickleball court um, and, you know, became fast friends. And, um, you know, of course that's been an issue, but that wasn't really, you know, Melissa's only inspiration for doing this um and so yeah that's how we met and then you know the reason why I think she will be and her voice is really needed is we don't really have anybody on the board with the lived experience now of younger children and there are so many uh youth that benefit from the parks programs I think in you know one stat is in 2018, which is, of course, increased by now, you know, there were 78,000 kids just part of the teen center. And that's, a you know, one aspect of the program. So, you know, I just really feel and saw in Melissa um, someone, again, who's a great convener. She was always sort of getting people to, to come together, um, you know, in the not just the pickleball community but you know the the extensive families that that we now mutually know um and again like she said she is a good listener and people come to her as a connector um and so i think it can't be overly said how needed it is to have a voice that represents families young families in particular now, you've mentioned the Teen Center a couple times to me before we got on the air in here. Um, what is the status of the Teen Center now? I know there was a, when I first moved here, there was some portables with 
TVs and VHS tapes, pool table, foosball table, kind of a hangout place right there on campus. And then upgrades came to the school and that got demolished. And then there's a teen center near the aquatic center. But that was just a really small little hut. And I think the there's Boys and Girls Club perhaps at Coppertop. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids go over there after school. Um, mm-hmm. Are we lacking resources for teens? I, I do. I do think we are lacking resources for teens. And, and statistics show that if you can keep teens involved in, in recreational activities, that they are more successful in moving on from high school and college. And, and some are better in, in academics because they don't have time to screw around. Yeah. And, and the interpersonal skills that they get with that. I mean, it's not, it's not just academics and going out and being a successful person in the world, but like learning how to, to, to be in a world and be on a team as be well. Be on a team. Exactly. You know, and build a team and show leadership through teamwork. And there's yeah. a lot of things I believe that recreational activities and sports bring. Totally. With regards to the teen center, I mean, I have, I have friends who have special needs kids who, you know, sometimes don't go to school and sometimes don't do the right thing after school and they can go to the teen center and do things that are productive and help their, you know, whole self, their well-being, which is you can't replace. And and we know that, you know, teens in particular, high schoolers have a ton of issues to deal with socially um, that I think the teen center really tries to meet them and help them work through those things. You know, I can't, I just can't say it enough that, you know, it's a complicated time, especially when on an Island like ours, when there's so much privilege and education and expectation of our kids. Um, the teen center is just a one, you know, resource that they have. And I think that, you know, it's, we should, we should put as much as we can behind that kind of effort. Well, I believe there's multiple personalities to a person, person to be successful. Um, a maven is someone that has great ideas, uh, a salesman and a connector. And you need to have one of those three characteristics to be successful. And being a connector is not something that anyone should overlook. I feel like I'm connecting you with an audience. Audience is getting connected with you, you too. And the ideas are getting floated around. And it's conversation to em- empower and improve our island. Right. So what are some of the things, Melissa, that you would like to do when you get in office? Well, um, I think that I think that everybody can agree that one of the things that happens and I don't know that I'll be able to do it, but I would certainly try. One of the things that happens when when you get into sort of a bureaucratic situation is things move slowly. Um and 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 I think it's, it's I think that today's world moves faster than than the slow moving bureaucracy thing. So I'd like to to be a force that helps things move speed a little along bit, a little bit faster, like um, electric ferries, you know, like oh god, that would be awesome. Did you <laughs> see the hydrofoil? Yes, I have. But <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking, and this is off off topic, but they were kind of debating whether there was going to be a charging station on Bainbridge Island for the electric ferry or in Seattle 
who would benefit and where it would go and stuff like that. But what I've read is the electric ferry is only, only going to be Bremerton to Seattle oh. and that we're aced out. So we, we might not see the electric ferries in, in our lifetime here. And that process, oh my God, has that been slow? Yeah. It's like building the monorail to the airport. You know, It still just stops at Westlake Center. It doesn't go any further. Yeah. And now you see the link rail and light rail there in Seattle along the freeway. It's absolutely a huge improvement for transportation. Totally. Yeah, I totally um, agree with what Melissa said. I think in my time working in, you know, I guess supporting public servants and what I've noticed process-wise is it's slow and it's it's unnecessarily slow. I think I think what's missing a lot of times is just treating issues like a project and, and sort of doing project management, getting people, uh, the right people in the room. Um, the first time and being the, decisive the about The first it. time, yes. the very first time, allowing for public comment, but not too much public comment. You know, you don't want to go forever because I think, you know, people would rather or it's more beneficial to get a no than a maybe for years and yes. then maybe a no. Or maybe a yes. So that's passive aggressive Northwest. That's what right. makes us great. <laughs> right, right. And you know, Melissa has run a business for her whole entire life, um, professional life, and you know that kind of experience will definitely help sort of smooth processes. Um, you know, once she gets there, and hopefully that is something that she can move forward. I think you know the board, um, you know. She, maybe not currently are, um, you know, able or willing to to do that. I think that you know, the longer an issue languishes, the more hardcore people get in their stances. And I think, you know, having someone who's aware of that um, could really help, you know, really everything that the Parks District does. I talked to your competition, Tom Goodland, last week um, or the week before. I don't recall now, but uh, I'd like to ask you some of the similar questions. Um, And just to be fair, and then I also want to see what type of projects that that you like and some things that I didn't include in that conversation. Um, What is your knowledge base on the relationship land trust and parks department? Like, do you see it as a as a healthy relationship that is something that the parks should always pursue? Um, well, I think that I think that the the that the parks acquires land in various different ways, right? Land trust being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Occasionally, but not always. Um, I like that the land trust is there and that they're, they're, they're there in order to preserve the land here because, I mean, as much green space as we can preserve in a community like this, the better because growth does cause shrinkage of green space. Um, and the island is, has grown since I've been here for sure. Yeah. I just, I guess I get a little worried that. When the land trust acquires that land and then gives it to the parks department, then it forces the parks to do something with the land most of the time. Mm. And I would like some of the land trust to just be for the native wildlife, to keep us a green habitat, you know, so we can see the great things that are 
all around us. Um, I don't necessarily necessarily think that we need a trail on every piece of green space. Yeah. Um, We're up to like 200 trails already. We have a massive grand forest. We have Battle Point Park with where you can do almost everything. You know, disc golf, you guys play pickleball there. There's tennis for the meantime. I was a big part of the Kids Up project for the playground. There's soccer, lacrosse, roller hockey, um, jogging track, fishing pond. I mean, it's pretty inclusive. Yeah. I don't know what it's missing. Yeah. Um, so I guess I was trying to pontificate if that puts a financial strain on Parks Department. And if the Parks Department gets money from other or uh, land acquisition in other ways, how do they do that? Because if it's your Parks Department and spending their money, they can manage the budget. But, mm-hmm. but when... Land trust comes in and says, here's a parcel. Right. You know, now that creates another job for the parks department. When right now I feel like we're behind the upkeep, you know, Strawberry Hill especially, um, <coughs> upgrading the aquatic center, stuff like the teen center being too small, stuff like that. How do you feel? So, so what I hear you saying is that you feel like they have. Oh, God, we're in therapy now. So. <laughs> So what I hear you saying is... Sorry, I talk to a lot of kids, so sometimes I have to reiterate to be clear. Obviously, I do a lot of therapy. (laughs) I'm triggered. Sorry. (laughs) But, so your thoughts on it are that there's a lot already on the park's plate. Yes. Financially, in particular. That's my personal opinion. I may be wrong. I'm not basing it on fact. I'm just thinking if that was me in that situation, Mm -hmm. that would add to my stress. Yeah. You know, I'd like to understand a little bit more about, um, because I'm not sure about how land is acquired because I've, I've talked to some of the commissioners and I've had conversations about, you know, like uh, Tom was talking about, they've acquired 10 acres next to Strawberry Hill. Right. Um, That That was gifted. It was gifted. Did it come through? Did it come through land trust or did it come specifically from an individual? And I think it was an individual, but I don't know. Um, because I do think there's kind of some some hoops that have to be jumped through when these kind of donations go on. Um, I seem to recall just a, a brief part of a conversation that I had with somebody who that's what they were saying. Um, and that so so I I think that the land trust might actually be part of that bridge when things are gifted, but I'm not. So they may be a connector for the parks department. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like I remember a part of a conversation where, where it was something, you know, it was like to get here, you had to go here first. Gotcha. So where where do you see deficiencies and upgrades needed in the parks department? Well, I mean, strawberry Hill is, you know, ghetto. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, for sure there. Um, and I think that the the so if we go into the environment and and we look at like in the last the fires really haven't started until I was on Bainbridge Island, so it has to be in the last nine years where all the fires all over the world mm, really Spokane, every year, now it's like now it's every year it's an expectation yeah. it's a season right it's fire season it wasn't like that what ten fifteen years ago. 
So I'm like, where did that come from? And what, where it came from was mismanagement of, of forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that, that we do need to look at our, our forests here on the island because we don't want to end up being a tinderbox. Right. Um, and I think that is something that is definitely on the agenda because um, I know there's been talk about thinning Strawberry Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have people coming around like, don't cut down our trees. Well, you have to manage things. And when you have about, these spindles. Cut, yeah, cutting them down versus making a healthy forest. Yeah. Those thin trees, those are matchsticks, really. Yeah. You know, old growth tree is not going to go up in flames as easily. Yeah. I do think people um, take a binary approach where it's like, don't cut down one tree. And to the expense of the actual climate and our ecosystem here, I think that happens a lot on Bainbridge, um, is, you know, not seeing the forest through the, the trees. trees. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens with a lot of issues. Affordable housing is one of them. You know, I think one of the complaints is having, um, you know, having a, you know, climate, climate can be something people talk about a lot when it comes to affordable housing, ignoring the incredible damage people driving to our island. Um, You know, transportation is the highest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. And yet that doesn't seem part of the conversation when it comes to, you know, housing. And I think that uh, goes along with it um, when we talk about trees as well. Um, and I would like someone like Melissa who has that, you know, broader perspective to come into that conversation. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, and I don't know who actually owns the Agate Pass Bridge, whether it be Palsbo, the state, or us, but it would be nice to put a toll bridge there. Mm. And then, you know, half the money could go to the ferry system and electrifying it or finishing off the STO trail, uh, sound to transit, Mm -hmm. sound to Olympics trail and uh, redoing the bridge because I don't know how long that bridge has lifespan wise. Um, It will also encourage people to carpool because we could have a situation if you had four people in your car, you pass the bridge for free. Right. Something like that. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Or we could put a roundabout in the middle of the bridge. I think you get some pushback <laughs> on it um, from the perspective of a lot of the people who use the bridge. Um, use it because they they don't live here. They live you know, right. somewhere in Kitsap. And well, they, don't, they don't live here because they can't afford it. They're priced out. And so yeah, giving but, that toll to them... I'll let you finish. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's just a thought. Um, My thought is they don't live here, but they pollute here mm. by bringing their car on. And one of my biggest pet peeves is people idle for their air conditioning or their heater. Ferries late by 20 minutes. So their car's running for like 50 minutes. And then there's 200 plus cars parked waiting for the ferry. And, you know, half of them are idling. You know, So those people are polluting my neighborhood. That's true. It's true. We also demand their services, though. I mean, I think there's there's people who are, you know, not carpooling, but I also think there's people that we need that we don't have on the island that come here. I wish I wish we had those people who lived here in the first place, but 
I like your radical ideas. I've always <laughs> liked them. Um, but I see what you're saying, and I, you know, but I wonder about the flow, <laughs> making people pay a toll. And then, you know, I know the people that you're talking about, uh, service workers and such, um, that live off island but work on island. Yeah. We could get a worker's pass for those people because we need them. We want them. Uh, they are part of our community, even though they don't live here. I do think, you you know, this idea is a great example of thinking outside the box. You know, not all of them are, are great thoughts outside the box, but I definitely think we need it. Um, there's definitely a sense of, uh, I don't know, institutional norms that we have on the island where we, the conversation kind of stops at where we've always had it. Yeah. Um, Again, I think I really do think fresh blood is is um, one of the solutions to that. You just need fresh thinkers, and because the term is six years, you don't get a lot of chance to have fresh thinkers. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this this election in particular is is very important. You know, sets the tone in part for the next six years. Well, my hats off to Dan Jano and the Parks Department for bringing the troll over. I, you know, I, yeah. at first I didn't think anything of it. And I thought it was to cover up the lack of um, making that park into something because you know, mm-hmm. there was a big fight about the clubhouse, mm-hmm. but that was like $58 million or something like that. Don't quote me. But um, <laughs> I actually know the numbers. On that. Tell me. So the quote was um, given in, I think it was 2018 and it was for, you know, a, a community center essentially with all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And, the quote was from thirty-five to fifty million. Oh, close to to do it. Um, and those numbers today would definitely be at the upper end. But COVID happened, mm-hmm. and, and well, also that's essentially what kind of put the brakes on. I think also the parks department bought the athletic club, and yes. right, exactly. <laughs> and mean, that solved a know. lot of that that community need. Yes, uh, and well. Just tell me outright, how did you feel about that purchase? Um, well, so I think that initially I didn't, I didn't like at that point in time, parks wasn't even on my, my scope. And I thought, well, you know, as long as it continues to be basically a, you know, a, a community center, because that's what and I, I thought it was a good purchase. I thought that, in fact, I, I mean, I think they, they got a great, great deal and it's paying for itself. Yeah. <laughs> With my family membership at <laughs> bucks a month. Uh, and the towels are smaller now. I can't even get them around my fat waist. <laughs> the towels are ridiculous. Let's talk about the towels. Might as well be a washcloth. Those are ridiculous. Yeah. It's so, embarrassing. I'll, I'll take it to them. <laughs> See what I can do about the dolls. Yeah, I'm just bringing my own from home nowadays. <laughs> um, the one thing that I didn't like about it, besides just it going from a for-profit business to the parks, correct me if I'm wrong, my tax money goes to parks department, some portion of it, right? Yeah, a small percentage. So I'm paying... For that facility. But to get in that facility, I have to pay again. It's true. Now, parks, in my mind, sorry, school's out, kids. Um, (laughs) In my mind, 
parks should be for everyone. Like Fate Bainbridge Park is for everyone. Now, if you want additional amenities like a cabin or camping site, yeah, that's all a cart, right? Right. But I can't go in there as a teenager and play a game of pickup basketball with my friends after school unless I pay yeah. for the membership. Yeah. And now, right. so it's like pay how, to play when you feel like you're already paying. Yeah. I'm paying three times, basically. Yeah. Um, and there's a lack of basketball courts. You don't see kids out playing basketball on the streets. You know, the, the ones that we have are at the elementary school, and they're so old. And it and I don't think it's proper height either. It seems like you got an 11-foot hoop for a five-year-old kid, you know? <laughs> like, there's growth stages. Yeah. Like, the soccer players, they play five-a-side when they're little. And then when they get older, it's 11-a-side. Basketball, same thing. You have a shorter rim, stuff right. like that. Because they can't even lift the ball sometimes. So I would like to see, like, the skate park. Mm-hmm. You can take your skateboard. It's free. Yeah. Any tennis, basketball, stuff like that, weightlifting, you have to pay extra for it. And it's a parks department. You're already paying through your taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I don't care for. I did notice that um, there are schol- there is scholarship money for people taking part in the programs. I don't know the specifics of it. Right, so then again, you're paying for a program, <laughs> and then they give you ten percent off, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I like I like the effort anyway. Um, I do. I don't know the the rec center to me was. I thought we paid a lot for it, but I don't. And I thought it wasn't completely funded either. But you know. Again, that that means I'm just like susceptible to rumors, but no, the, that one is an interesting one. And the, there was pushback for sure because I think at the time of purchase there was dilapidated parks facilities already that needed upgrading, and that money that was there wasn't spent spent on that, and it accrued debt for the parks. So. There's a lot of ways to look at it. I, I don't know completely the ins and outs, but yeah. once you get on staff, so, you can uh, tell me the ins and outs true. on another podcast. The, um, well, it's interesting because I'm wondering what the, you know, they paid, they paid, I think it was $13 million? Is that the number? I can't remember the number. They paid for it. And the, you know, to build the community center, which would have had pretty much everything that Burke has, right? Um, it was 35 to 50 or 60. I can't remember what I said earlier. Um, but you don't check. Things. We don't fact check. <laughs> you don't fact check. Um, None of the listeners do I think either. it was 50. Um, so if you look at it in those terms, but if had they built the community center, would it be free to the community? Um, yeah, because $1,000 a year. For but we, have to, we do have to pay for the facilities of the aquatic center, which are also you know, managed by parks. Um, we can't just go in and have free lessons. I mean, pretty much all of the programming is... No, but there's group swim, and that's 8 or 10 bucks or whatever. Yep. You know, free swim. Not free swim, but $10 swim. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that allows you to also take a shower, or take a hot tub, take a steam. You know, you get multiple a la carte items. Yeah, so... And you can pay as you go, you know. So if I want to swim one day... A month, that's 10 bucks. Whether right. I get my ass to the gym or not, <laughs> I still have to pay that 180 And that 180 is not always enough motivation to get to the gym for some. 
I mean, I kind of think we're just circling around the issue of the budget, which I think is going to be a very interesting part of what Melissa is going to have to contend with. You know, I mean, the budget is the thing that tells you the priorities of the parks district. Yeah. Um, and how so that's going to be, yeah. you know, that's going to be a heavy lift, which I think, again, when you have had a business of your own, you understand being responsible for money. Um, and in this plate, in this particular <laughs> conversation, we're talking about taxpayers. So like financial stewardship is going to be really, really important. All right. Let's get off money because I don't have any in my pocket right now. Yeah. Let's <laughs> move away from the um, money. What are some target areas, you know, you said that you're heavily involved in being a mom on the island with kids and um, juggling three, right? You said three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the priorities for your age kids that you would like to see done? I know you're thinking about everybody, but you personally, what would you like to see that would enrich their lives through parks? Um, well, I, the... Uh the ice or that ice hockey, the roller hockey rink, um, it needs it needs some care. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be nice if it were at a covered. Yeah, it would. Um, because right now their season is incredibly short. Um, and we're literally talking seven or eight weeks. I think it is from like starting to like do practice and then have all these games. And then it takes you into the summer, um, and they can't play when it's super hot, so they stop in like the beginning of July. Why can't they play in the heat? It's just too hot. So if it were covered, you had some shade, it would be a little bit easier. But soccer and lacrosse play when it's hot. I, I just know what their season is. Yeah, but the hockey players wear like six inches of oh my gear. God, they true. do have a lot of gear. Yeah, it'd be cool if we had uh, roller hockey slash ice hockey. So. Six months out of the year, it could be ice, and six, it could be. Yeah, that would be playing surface. Oh my God, my kids would love that. Um, Yeah, so then we'd have some little uh, Olympic skaters come out of here. Right? Yeah, because I mean, where in Kitsap County can you take a kid to go ice skating? Uh (laughs) The plastic one during Christmas at Pleasant Beach (laughs) Village. There you go. Have you guys used that? It's outrageous. You can't even skate. It's plastic. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, we go to uh, the exhibition center by the by Lumen Field in Seattle. They have oh, a big cool. Christmas ice skating thing there usually. I can't ice skate, but I mean I think of Bend, Oregon. My parents live there. That's close. It's I don't know, <laughs> just from a financial standpoint, Bend, Oregon has been so awesome in their priorities around parks and rec. And they do. They have a you know, obviously it's different. It's a lot bigger community, but they they have a lot more. They have, you know, a whole river rafting thing, which we wouldn't need, but they have, you know, ice skating, things like that. I think that, you know, anything that we add will be used. Um, you know, I think when I think about actually Melissa and the question you asked her, you know, I think one area um, is transgender and um you know, kids who are um, exploring how they identify and, um, you know, dealing with going to school and not being the majority of kids. I think that maybe the teen center or some programs could 
support youth in that way. I mean, I think, you know. Do you think that's really something that falls under the parks umbrella, though? Well, I mean, the teen center does all kinds of stuff. And I think that, you know, if we're if we're talking about supporting teens, you know, there's to me, there's no reason why that couldn't be part of the purview. Um, the teen center isn't really about super recreation. It's more like giving a kid a place. Other so, than Safeway to shoplift. Other than Safeway and, <laughs> and Starbucks when I don't want them there. <laughs> no, I, I love the kids. Um, <laughs> they just uh, they bring their, their outside food and then leave it there on the, <laughs> on the table. But that's why we have such a great crow population around Starbucks. Exactly. Feed the crows. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of Melissa and her her family unit, and I think there's a lot of families that need that support. All right. What would separate you from the other candidate that would uh, encourage myself and others to vote for you? That's a big question. I'm, I load them up, don't I? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um. I had to have thought about it a little bit. I mean, well, I think that what separates me is that I'm new to the scene. I'm I'm not old school Bainbridge. I'm not part of that political world, and um, and I think that that that's really what separates me because I am I'm heavily enmeshed in the the family generation and I'm ready to go with fresh ideas. Yes, exactly. Everything you've been talking about. Yeah. Um, And I'm really not good at tuning my own horn. Yeah. (laughs) I'll toot her horn. No, I mean, everything we've talked about, she is a representative of, of a lot of family. I mean, go to the, whatever the, you know, the downtown Halloween celebration. She's the representative for all those people that are there. Um, we don't have that on the board. And I don't think, even though we've said it a lot, we've circled around the same idea, it's really important to have lived experiences. I guess I always go back, you know, from a, uh, things that I've learned in politics, it's, you know, people closest to the problem are also closest to the solution in very pragmatic ways. And representation, as we know, is how you get more and more people to participate. And when I look on the board, I don't see myself. Um, I see some people who do stick up for some issues that I care about, but I don't see me. And I think that, um, you know, that's how you get participation in any sort of public um, organization uh, so I think going back to that and saying it a hundred times is is very very important and real um, to the um, health of our of our community for for many years. Um, I just I just don't want to discount that at all, and I think it's important to repeat <laughs> often. Um, so you're basically saying that not all demographics are represented in the best interest by the parks. Exactly, exactly. Sorry to condense it, but I think I'm just trying to clarify in my own mind. And as you were thinking about that, is the Filipino Community Center owned by the Parks Department? Do either one of you know? You know, I don't know. 
Um, I'm always surprised when I moved here, I was like, yeah, Filipino center. Cause I'm Filipino. Um, and then I realized it's being used for like, you know, weight watchers and stuff. So I don't really know yeah. how that breakdown Our breaks down anymore. Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to annual Filipino festivals. Um, yeah, it, to me, know. it seems like there's the sign of representation, right? but I don't see a Filipino community in there doing Filipino things that allow me to come and absorb that culture. That culture, yeah. I see it as a parks department building that's rentable space. Yeah. So um, it's Philippine. It's a very interesting thing that you bring up because even Strawberry Hill Park. Because it's adjacent to Strawberry Hill where the parks department is currently located. Right. And before the parks owned that, that was owned by Indipino community or families and Japanese families. It was a strawberry farm. And so it's really interesting that, you know, it was made into public land with the Filipino center next to it. And now it's being used just by everyone. Uh, so that's, that's a really interesting topic in and of itself. I need the Bainbridge Historical Society to team up with me. You know, if anybody's out there with a connection with them, let's get that connected. You find anything online, Melissa, about center? I was able not to looking? connect. Oh, yeah. We're in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. There's no yeah, no computers here. So I was like, oh. yeah. Um, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. How can people find out more about you or contact you? Uh, they can contact me through email if they want to email me. Give it um, out there. I'll have it in the show notes. But okay, it is uh, Melissa for Melissa. The letter for the number for Melissa for bi parks at gmail.com. Cool. And uh, and then my website is, what is my website? It's the same. I think it's Melissa for BI Parks. That's right. I, I think I did that. Yeah. Melissa for BI Parks.com. I'll get it sorted by tomorrow. Get <laughs> cool. Aaron, always good to see you. Always good to see you. Uh, can't wait till we play some futsal again someday. 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 I don't know if my knees are. What's futsal? It's a Portuguese game with a a uh, weighted ball that doesn't bounce that's played on a court um, like soccer, but at, there's no walls around it. Is it a big court like soccer? Yeah, like a basketball court with a small goal. And uh, it's usually, a, in, usually soccer balls are four or five. That's their size. Uh-huh. I believe a futsal ball is four and a half. And it's heavy. And it doesn't bounce, it but doesn't. it feels just like a soccer ball. Okay. Is it like it's, soccer ball sized? Yeah, and it's to encourage people to use their skill and play on the ball on the ground. Oh. None of this high wire, wire stuff. Yeah, I can't believe how many headshots go on in soccer games these days. Yeah, it's right up there, one of the concussion leaders. It's crazy. That's how I got crazy. <laughs> but it's the best sport. I love soccer. It's me. I as well. Shout out to Parks, right? Right. Yeah, I would really like to see an alternative to the uh, Bainbridge Island Football Club in bringing the Parks soccer program back because it's a shorter season like you were talking about Mm -hmm. hockey. You could go eight weeks, not year-round. So people could participate in multiple sports, and especially at a young, young age. And you have the facilities for that. It could be a spring or summer type sport. And... uh, Get the high school kids out there to volunteer and such. As yeah. Little chaperones and referees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? 
No, but I appreciate you having me on. Oh, my pleasure. I'm sorry it took so long to connect with you. Yeah, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get out there and play you guys pickleball. Mm-hmm. You guys be my Heck yeah. First victims. Oh. <laughs> Fighting words. Well, you know I'm com- com- uh, competitive. Yes, I do. All right. Love it. Well, you've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind.